1: Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we've got some interesting midweek news to discuss. The Raiders are benching Derek Carr. Jarrett Stidham will make his first career start on Sunday against the 49ers in Las Vegas. Nick Bosa won another award. Lots to dig into. We'll get started. But first, we're sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. You can visit the brewery. It's awesome. It's in Santa Rosa. They have Excellent beer, of course. Great vibes. There's always a good food truck there. Really good spot to hang out. Start the night there and the night there. Spend the entire night there, whatever you want to do. Not the entire night. You got to go home eventually once they close, but like your evening out. You can definitely spend an evening there and have a great time. If you can't make it out to the brewery or if you go to the brewery and you're just missing beer at home, you can order some online at cooper'sbrewing.com. You order a case, they'll send it right to your front door. It is the very best way to. Acquire Beer. And again, you can do that at cooperagebrewing.com. Let's get into it. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle,
0: and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle
1: is going to go. Touchdown. Closest, got him, in a second back inside the third. 30- In yard loss. pass caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Dude, Derek Carr got benched. And not even like, not even like, oh, they just don't want him to get hurt. Although I'm sure that's part of it. Like, they are deactivating him all the way. They're just clearing him out the picture. And... Now the 49ers game where they were already favored by six becomes a lot. I don't even want to say less daunting because the Raiders aren't very good, but it feels like it became less difficult for San Francisco.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, I mean, it's wild too, because there's sort of always been this question about Derek Carr and the Raiders long-term and, you know, would he be the guy that this coaching staff would stick with? I mean, it's pretty clear to me that they're going to move on from Derek Carr in some capacity after the offseason or after the season, because um, he's if he's cut within three days of the Super Bowl happening, it's just a five point six million dollar cap hit. This is after he signed a three year, hundred twenty one and a half million dollar deal in the offseason. So to me, it's like they've already made the decision and they're just trying to keep him healthy to make sure that that injury guarantee, uh, doesn't, doesn't get fulfilled because, you know, if you're keeping him healthy, obviously you're not going to be on the hook for any of that money that you owe him. So to keep him healthy now, keep him out of these last two games pretty much ensures that they're going to be able to move on with just a $5.6 million cap hit. Um, I'm just really interested to see what this does for the Raiders. Like, is this a galvanizing thing for the Raiders? Do the Raiders like rally around Jared Stidham, which you see happen sometimes when quarterbacks get replaced mid- midway through the season. You could point to maybe Mike White and the Jets is like a recent example, but there's also the, the, the chance that the Raiders just kind of fold up like, like a cheap ten and like mm-hmm. their season's over they're upset that Derek Carr's bench they don't really want to play with Jared Sidham, like there's that seems very real too it just seems like Josh McDaniels this whole raiders situation is in turmoil and either it could be the perfect time for the 49ers to go play the raiders on new years which is probably going to be packed with niners fans at allegiant stadium Or it could be a bad time because the Raiders could use it as like, oh, this is our last ditch kitchen sink rallying cry. And we're going to play really hard just because, you know, they have pride and and whatever, whatever else. So it's a it's a pretty interesting game from that standpoint. Clearly, the 49ers are more talented. It's just going to be another one of those like late season games where, you know, do does your opponent or, or do the 49ers let human nature play a role and do the 49ers go in with their guard down and maybe not play with the same intensity as they have recently I tend to think they will because they do really want the two seed and they don't want to go to Minnesota if it comes down to it right. um, but it's going to be really interesting and you know the fact that they're at the I mean I'm fascinated with the Raiders just being at this point with Derek Carr because he's a pretty good quarterback but uh, this to me just signals the end of, of his time in
1: Vegas Derek Carr this season, and I think this underscores a lot of the problem with him because he's in, to me, that same bucket as Jimmy Garoppolo, where does some good things, but then there are just too many mistakes to outweigh those good things over the course of a 17-game season. And when you look at his splits this year in the first half, he's at 66% On his completions, it's a 96.6 rating, 7.4 yards per attempt, 14 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Like, pretty respectable numbers, right? But then you get into the second half, 55% completions, 9 touchdowns, 8 picks. His rating dropped to 73.5, and his yards per attempt drops to 6.5. And I was talking to some some people about this week, and I was like, I think if the Niners hit Derek Carr a couple times, he gets rattled and he's out. Like, he just...
2: that's typically been the book on him. You hit him yeah. like he, he just becomes super erratic.
1: Yeah, and I, I I just don't think that the Raiders want to move forward with that. And so whether it's about giving Jarrett Stidham a look or just like you laid out, making sure that they don't guarantee Derek Carr more than they need to by, I think it's February 15th. If he's on the roster, his entire 2023 salary and then $7.5 million of his 2024 salary are guaranteed right so they're getting rid of him by mid-february and i believe they got rid of him now yeah their second string quarterback is a guy named chase garbers who i learned existed today <laughs> they're still not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs that's the nutty part
2: they're four and two at
1: home they are so sick of Derek Carr, that usually like teams do this thing. We saw Kyle Shanahan do this in in twenty twenty, where and, and I guess even twenty twenty one, where they were three and five, and he's like, "We're sticking with Jimmy until we're eliminated, and we're going with our veterans until we're mathematically eliminated." The Raiders just pulled the plug. They're like, "F this." <laughs>
2: yeah that that to me speaks volumes the fact that they're mathematically not eliminated from the playoffs they're four and two at home and they would rather pull the plug on Derek Carr and not risk guaranteeing his money for next season than trying to win these last two games and maybe sneak into the playoffs that is that is wild to me and the like just very clear they're going a different direction. And I also wonder, I mean, this isn't a Raiders podcast, but like, (laughs) does Josh McDaniels get another year of job security if he makes it clear to Mark Davis, he's going to be having a a new quarterback in 2023, right? Like, is that, you know, (laughs) is that part of the equation? Because Josh McDaniels was there when they signed car to that extension, right? Like Josh McDaniels has started car all season to this point. So right. anyway, it's, it's a fascinating situation. And I feel for Raiders fans. Cause this is, this is as bad as it gets
1: Um, um real quick. I looked up chase Garbers on the internet. It turns out he find? went to Cal. <laughs> <laughs> I, he plays an hour up the road from me. <laughs> I just had no idea. He played his high school football at Corona Del Mar. Like, of course that famed NFL factory. Um, And then he was Cal's That's, starting quarterback in 2018 and 2019.
2: Corona Del Mar. Is that uh, Orange County school? Cause it sounds like it. Newport beach. Yeah.
1: yeah, Okay. Orange um, County is just kind of, I know it's not all of LA, but I'm just going to say that Newport beach is orange County, whether I know it. Oh, it's, or
2: not. uh, don't think it is. I'm okay. fairly certain it is not.
1: Okay. Very um, good. But yeah, so I know we, so, I,
2: I do know we have listeners in Orange County. So shout out to, shout I'm out I'm sorry
1: California. if what I said was offensive. <laughs> I, I, I don't to Southern know who, California. Yeah, I do love Southern California, San Diego specifically. Mm. But yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about it to, to have an educated take on Orange County. But while this is not a Raiders podcast, this does. Percolate over to the 49ers beyond week 17, though, because the Ra- not only will the Niners defense be facing Jared Stanton, who's making his first NFL start. He's two touchdowns, four interceptions, 52.5% on his completions for his career in 11 games. That was with the Patriots, and uh, he had one game with the Raiders earlier this year. But this now opens the door for another possible Jimmy Garoppolo landing spot. There's a lot of talk about the Jets because, oh, they need a quarterback and it's Mike LaFleur over there and Robert Sala and they know Jimmy Garoppolo and they have weapons and run giving this and that. And now there's the Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh McDaniels tie. They need a quarterback. They conceivably have the offensive weapons they need to produce a good offense. What do you think about Jimmy Garoppolo in a Las Vegas Raiders uniform?
2: I mean, I think it makes sense. I think like half the teams that need quarterbacks this offseason would make sense for Jimmy Garoppolo because a lot of them have ties to staffs that Garoppolo is familiar with, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Tua in Miami, but Jimmy could conceivably fit there. You mentioned the Jets, um, the Raiders, absolutely. The Patriots, you never know. Like, they might be interested in, in getting a, a, a veteran starter. Um, the Raiders obviously like so. They're Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have plenty of suitors, and and the the major difference, obviously, for Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason is that he's going to be a free agent. Like teams aren't going to have to trade for him. Um, so the fact that he's a free agent means it it, it gives him all the leverage. He can pick his spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can look at he can look at the situation and and decide for himself whether he really wants to go there. I mean. I, I would if I had a better if there was another team like I if I'm Jimmy I'd rather go to the Jets. I would rather go to why? Because I don't I, like the Jets have talent on the offensive line and they also have good skill guys. Okay. And the vernacular of their offense is it basically the same as as what you're coming from. I just don't trust the Raiders infrastructure who knows if Josh McDaniels is a head coach like yeah if things go bad Josh McDaniels might be out and if McDaniels is out after next season then where does that leave Garoppolo right Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to go somewhere with if I'm Jimmy I'm trying to go somewhere with the most stability where I can play my best football and potentially be on a winning team and I think the Jets are are very similarly constructed to how the 49ers have been. And obviously there are the ties with Robert Sala there, but that's a really talented defense. It's an offensive line that has some talent on it also. Um, they have Brees Hall. Uh, they have um, they have young receivers. I, I think the Jets would, would make a lot of sense. I think Pittsburgh is going to make a lot of sense, even though there aren't necessarily the ties that, you know, in, in terms of coaching staff and system that Jimmy's familiar with, but Pittsburgh's constructed in a similar way. That's a team that, you know, is going to have a good infrastructure. You're not worried about Mike Tomlin's jobs, job security. Um, so I think that's fascinating. Like I, I've, I've always thought Pittsburgh, if I'm Garoppolo, I would, I would be angling to go to Pittsburgh. Uh, we know Washington was in on Jimmy last off season. That was reported by ESPN and our good friend, Nick, Nick Wagner. Um, so, Jimmy's going to have no shortage of of yeah. potential suitors and you know teams that there are going to be teams that don't really want to go through the process of trying to draft and develop a young guy and they could look at Jimmy and say this is a ready-made guy who's played in the playoffs albeit he hasn't played super well but you know you can at least get to the playoffs with him and and you know if he's been to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship game playing banged up right so um, I think Jimmy's going to have a lot of suitors, but if I'm Jimmy and I have injury, a, a long injury history, I'm not going to a team that's had trouble with its offensive line. Like the Raiders have, and I'm not, yeah. I, I wouldn't go to a place, even though he might love McDaniels and they might be really close. I just, it doesn't look like it's a super stable situation there. And I'm not trying to go somewhere where the head coach might be gone in the
1: year. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's true, I guess. But if they give him the most money, I bet he goes. <laughs>
2: yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. But, uh, you know, I, what's the difference in money going to be? Like, would you? I genuinely no idea. Would you take, you know, say, say three seventy three million or three years and seventy five million from the Jets? Or would you take three years and eighty three million from the Raiders? Knowing that if you believe that the the Raiders, they're offering you more money, but it might be a more unstable situation. I'm still going to the Jets because Jimmy's, already, Given made, that this is Jimmy's probably, already made like
1: $150 million in his career. But that's just it is this is probably his last big contract. So, yeah, I don't know. I have I have no idea what his, the his motivations are. So.
2: I don't know Jimmy uh, super well, but it, he's never really seemed like somebody who's going to like try to squeeze out every last dollar of his career. I think he's kind of just happy, like, yeah, so, like there isn't a whole sense. lot of difference between twenty five million a year and twenty eight million a year.
1: What That's about the Giants? On him. They have forty six point two million in cap space next year. So do the Patriots. Do the Giants bring back
2: Daniel Jones? I have no idea. I mean, no they, idea. they might have to.
1: Might be a playoff quarterback, Daniel Jones. Might be the Niners first round opponent. So all the teams, if you're the Niners of all the teams that they want to see, I would guarantee they'd rather see Daniel Jones than anybody else.
2: Do you want to do a quick power ratings, power rankings of which teams the 49ers would want to face potential seven
1: seeds? Sure. Or okay. Well, this sounds like a lot of fun. I'm totally down.
2: Okay, so real quick. Niners have Raiders uh, and Cardinals. They're going to be playing two backup quarterbacks the last two weeks of the season for the mm-hmm. sake of this argument or for the sake of this exercise. Let's just assume they snag the two seed because Minnesota has at Packers and at Bears and a and game
1: the Packers need.
2: I just don't. I, I just can't see Minnesota being a 14 and three team.
1: It's dude. It. Feels and it's felt this way all year, and I don't have like empirical data for this. This is just a vibe. I it feels like Minnesota is going to lose one here, where everybody goes, ah, there they are, like yeah. that, and getting getting shit by the Packers or something just screams like twenty twenty two Vikings. Like and just looking to the Packers, like like thirty one to six.
2: And the Packers do. They need and, it. The Packers need to win out. Packers really need it. I'm, I would pick the Packers straight up against the Vikings this week.
1: That Packers-Lions game in week 18, by the way, is going to be a doozy. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um. So anyway, point is, if the 49ers win their next two and Minnesota splits, they go one and one, say. The Niners right. and Vikings have the same record. The 49ers get the number two seed by way of having the better conference record.
1: Right. Um, Minnesota's seven and three in the conference. And San Francisco's nine and two. Yeah. So, okay. I think the team the 49ers would want
2: to play the most would probably be Detroit.
1: Oh, I disagree. So there's five teams they could conceivably play, right? It's the Giants, Commanders, Seahawks, Lions, and Packers. The team they'd want to see the most, I think, is the Giants.
2: Yeah, I I could see it. I'm not I'm not super, like, passionate about this take. I just think nobody on the 49ers defense has any inkling of fear of Jared Goff.
1: Okay, that's fair. I just, so here's here's my thinking on it. Now, I don't think the Niners would lose to any of these teams. Me like, I want that on the table. It's not like, oh, they're going to lose if they play this team. But the Lions, I think, are too explosive offensively where just weird stuff could happen. And in a one and you know, maybe they get a 75-yard touchdown on the first play of the game, and the Niners go three and out, and then, oh, there's a 10-play 82-yard drive, and it's just a bunch of Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamal Williams or whatever, and now it's 14 nothing, and Brock Purdy's down two touchdowns for the first time in his career in a playoff game. Again, I don't think that would happen, but that's just a weird thing that comes to mind when we talk Lions. The Lions the Niners might hang 50 on the Lions defense. So I was just going to say the Lions gave
2: up 570 yards of offense to the Carolina Panthers
1: last week. They had they had two running backs <laughs> with 213 combined rushing yards in the first half.
2: Yeah, like no, I the think li- the Lions are a cool story. I just think coming to Levi's in the first round of the playoffs, Jared Goff, like I just think that would be a disaster for Detroit.
1: So it's, but it's, it's like, again, it's like concern. It's so what I do is when we talk about this, is I take the team and I like paint the path to a weird upset happening because that's the only way one of these teams is going to win. They're not just going to outright line up and beat the Niners, right? So that's what the other thing. I know the Niners have ownership on Aaron Rodgers, but I just don't. I want to avoid sitting Aaron Rodgers. Same. If my options are Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith and Jared Goff and Aaron Aaron Rodgers, like keep Aaron Rodgers away.
2: <laughs> no, Aaron Rodgers has not played football up to his expectation this season, but there's just a weird part of my brain that's like I would I I would rather play MVP Aaron Rodgers knowing that he's the MVP and like expecting him to be great than like yes. underdog nobody believes in me Aaron Rodgers.
1: If that makes sense.
2: And maybe maybe that's just completely, like, a dumb A lot of nobody cause... believes
1: in us intentional and <laughs> potential.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, again, Rodgers has not played nearly as good of football this year, and they don't have Devontae Adams. Um, But I don't know, man. Like, underdog Aaron Rodgers, who has to get hot just to get into the playoffs, like, that's that to me is a scarier first-round matchup than, like, than, obviously, Detroit. But I mean, the Giants the Giants could play a game where it's like they just make it really ugly and it's low scoring and
1: right like weird no, stuff fair.
2: happens like that's that. I, I, I think the Niners would wax the Giants, but I also think they have more. They've just been in a lot of games like they've beaten. I mean, it's been a while since they've had like a really good win, but the Giants have,
1: you know, the Giants, the Giants won, started six and one.
2: I know they won at Tennessee. Which had Who's been a playoff stink. team. Yeah, they stink now, but like <laughs> Tennessee was was had been in or has been in the playoff mix for most of the season. They won at Green Bay. They won, they beat Baltimore with Lamar. Um, I just, you know, the Gi- the Giants would be a touch scarier than the Lions,
1: in my opinion. They also have a better defense. Yeah, much better. And Brian Dable is a better coach than Dan Campbell. Absolutely. Okay. That's fair. I'll buy that. Not too worried about Washington. We just saw it. The thing about the thing with the with Seattle, I don't think Seattle can hang with the Niners at all. But the idea of playing a team a third time in a season, yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I thought the Niners were better than the Rams last year too, and it's just hard to beat a team three times. Yeah, fair. But again, I don't think they would lose to any of those teams, so it's not going to matter that much.
2: Seattle's conference record is five and six. Yeah. Nice. might be a playoff team crazy
1: um okay anyway the giants and washington are both four six and one in the conference and they're currently slated to get into the playoffs chicago one and nine in the conference their lone victory of course week one what a weird game this is why weeks one and three are the weirdest games of all time now
2: i'm just i i have zero interest yeah that's true the denver game also from now on, and I say it every week one, and you're probably tired of me saying it. Like, let's forever stop overreacting to week one.
1: Mm. Okay. <laughs> like forever, all to, like we honestly, the first six weeks don't matter.
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, honestly, if you're
1: zero and six, that matter. But if you're three and three after six weeks. If Get the Niners the were still losing,
2: if the Niners, like, th- this is true the last couple of years, and last year they did have some bad losses late in the year, particularly in Tennessee. Mm. But, like, unless the Niners are, like, playing really bad around, like, Thanksgiving or, like, throughout December, I'm just not going to overreact to anything that happens week one. Or yeah. September and as a month in general. Yeah. Which can go back to, like, it's insane to me that people are, are like, Way out on Trey Lance already, yeah. For that, no doubt. It's Like very clear that that game
1: was a complete misnomer and doesn't matter at all. Right. So the sweeping declarations after five quarters of football is nuts. Right. Exactly. Like, well, that experiment's over. (laughs) What? Right. Let's start next year. Right. Like, remember in 2019 when Jimmy Garoppolo was terrible in Tampa, right? Through a pick six, and then really good in the second half. Yeah. Remember. In the 2020 offseason when Tom Brady had looked so bad during the previous year that the Niners said no thanks. And then he wasn't like Steven Garoppolo so much.
2: Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it happens.
1: I just don't Chip
2: Kelly and, and Jim Tom Sewell looked like Bill Walsh and their their weak ones and it didn't, didn't work out well. So anyway, Chicago three and twelve, Niners lost to him.
1: Denver four and eleven, Niners lost to him. Yeah. That Denver game was bad. So weird, dude. They're combined seven and 23. Yeah.
2: It's all right. So, 25. remember when Jimmy Garoppolo told Kyle Shanahan his play stink.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> Maybe he was right. Maybe that's what got Shanahan to turn it around.
2: Is Jimmy Garoppolo the reason for Kyle Shanahan being among the coach of the year candidates? So. Kind of, yeah, actually. Shanahan in his speech winning third place in coach of the year. We'll say this was all, it all started week three when Jimmy Garoppolo called me out and I really had to think about things. Jimmy
1: Garoppolo said my plays stink. And I thought, wow, Jimmy, you're right. (laughs) Let's put our heads together and drop some new plays. Give Kyle the the third place coach of the year participation trophy. (laughs) Guys, your playbooks, scrap them. (laughs) Me and Jim got something cooking. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: You wanted to talk about Nick Bosa. Yeah, man. Look, I'm not usually like rah rah postseason award guy, but the Defensive Player of the Year award is a sham if Nick Bosa doesn't win it this year. Right. He was the Defensive Player of the Month in November. And then. He's the defensive player of the week for, for week 16. That's the second time this month that he's won the defensive player of the week award, meaning he's likely to win it in December as well. And he's the best defensive player on the best defense. He is tied for second in the league in pressures, despite playing one fewer game than the two players the one ahead of him and which is Micah Parsons. And then the guy tied with him, which is Darius Smith from the Vikings. He's leading the league in sacks, despite missing a game. He's leading the league in quarterback hits. He is unbelievable. And like I said, I I've I've, I'm always of the mind. Like when you see people pounding the table, like John Morant should be MVP or whatever in the NBA. It's like, who cares? Like go win playoff series. That's usually where I'm at, but it is so distinctly Nick Bosa this year for the DPOY that it would be a sham if he doesn't win it. The only
2: player, one. the only player with more tackles for loss. Can you name him?
1: The only player with more tackles for loss. <sighs> is it Jordan Brooks? It's Max Seattle Crosby. Seahawks? Mm. Seattle Seahawks linebacker Jordan Brooks is up there though, right?
2: Uh, I believe so, yeah, yeah.
1: Max crosby's good player, good really, player really good.
2: gonna see him on uh on Sunday, um, yeah, I'm with you, like unless Nick Bosa doesn't play the next two weeks and like Matt Judon has four sacks in the next you know two games, like I don't see it at all like i I think I heard that Nick Bosa was like if you were to bet on Nick bosa his betting odds are minus a thousand,
1: yes. That's correct. So you'd have to bet a thousand dollars to win a hundred dollars.
2: Right. So I think I would be stunned if he didn't win it. I don't know who else you could even like Micah Parsons was getting a lot of the discussion during the first half of the season, but the Cowboys, the Cowboys defense is, has not been nearly as dominant as it was. And Parsons has one sack in the month of December. Jeez.
1: That's so, the Cowboys only sack in their last 3 games. By the way, yeah.
2: Parsons has one sack in the month of December, Bosa has
1: 6. Which is kind of wild. Man. And two forced fumbles, he has more forced fumbles than Micah Parsons has sacks in the month. Oh, that's a good stat. That's Yeah, crazy. I like
2: I'm I'm to the point now where and again, we're you know, looking forward too much, or at least I'm looking forward too much by saying this, but like, would you be surprised if Nick Bose ends up being like a multiple time defensive player of the year guy and like perennial all pro during his prime and like potential hall of fame type guy?
1: Yeah. It's not crazy, right? No. Like longevity is hard. And that's like the that's like the greatest barrier for play. like look at Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis would be in the Hall of Fame right now if he just dragged his career out like two more years. Yeah, I think he'd be there already. He's gonna get there eventually, but people look at the what did he play? Seven years? Eight years? Eight years. And it's like, oh well, he only played eight years. It's like, yeah, he's a like five-time All-Pro in that <laughs> in those eight years. That's crazy, but. That's the one thing like that's it. But he's trending the right direction. Yeah. To just be really good for a long time.
2: He does have an injury history. He tore an ACL in high school or partially tore it. He had the core muscle thing and his final season at Ohio state. He tore his ACL in 2020. So like some of that stuff can happen. But when he plays, like, I don't think he missed a game in 2019 and he missed one game this year, the Falcons game, which sort of underscores his value, right? Like, that's one thing. I've talked about it here, but, like, his what he does in the running game as a defender is super underrated. Like, the 49ers have the best rush defense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And when he didn't play in that Falcons game, the reason the Falcons won is because they just controlled the edges offensively. Yeah. And the Niners couldn't set the edge at all. And the Falcons ran all over him because of it. Yeah. And that was one of their four losses this season. Like, to me, I don't think it's even close. You, you look at the, the pass rushing numbers are obvious, but he's a well-rounded three-down defensive end. He's not just a pass rusher. He's like mm-hmm. a dominant run game player. Yes. And that, to me, is what is what potentially puts him on that, like, hall of fame type trajectory it's it's like he's not just like a one trick pony a guy who can like get hot for a season or two and put up some serious sack numbers like he's a guy who has serious longevity because of if he stays healthy because of the fact he's a three down player and just dominant
1: in both facets he's one of those he there's two things i want to say on that first three things i want to get to one turns out Derek carr has just left the raiders he's not even in the building he's gone did that just happen Jeff Howe from the Athletic reported that Derek Carr, with the team's permission, has left to avoid being a distraction. He's gone. He's just out of there. He pieced out. Anyways, can that's we acknowledge that
2: Derek Carr kind of seems like a weirdo?
1: Oh, he's a whole weirdo. Okay. He's de- he's like take away the winning at the college level, and that's just what Tim Tebow wouldn't have been. Derek's obviously a better quarterback, but like when you say and do the stuff he says and does in press conferences and stuff, not that it's outrageous, but the way he carries himself and you're going like six and nine. Now it's weird. (laughs) If they were 12 and three, it'd be like, wow, he's so inspirational. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Like he blocks people. Like he's blocked Josh Dubow on Twitter. Like he has like, like, gives him a hug and then gives him a hug in press conferences and talks, you know, like Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do any of this shit, right? Like that, that's the, that's the other thing. Like we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo being in the bucket of like, a you know, there's, it's more of a bell curve, right. For NFL quarterbacks, yeah, like yeah, yeah. 75% of the NFL quarterbacks are just kind of in the middle in terms of like how good they are. Right. But one thing Jimmy has going for him is that he's just, a high quality teammate and not somebody who does all this other weird shit. Mm -hmm. Jimmy's not blocking such a key thing. Jimmy's not blocking writers on Twitter and like pretending like, Oh, I don't, you know, I I really tune out the noise. Like, no, Jimmy really does tune out the noise. And that's pretty obvious because (laughs) it would be impossible. Not like it would be impossible to be as successful as he's been given the Trey Lance situation. If he like read into everything. So he's like, oh, they drafted my replacement, whatever. I'll just maintain my professionalism and then end up being a pretty good starter for a while and then go get 25 or $30 million a year in the
1: offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo is very comfortable knowing that his life is dope. Exactly. <laughs> he
2: just, and he's, 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 he's even said it. it. <laughs>
1: he's like, you got to know your place in this league. It's
2: just like, yeah, whatever. I'm a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Like, It yeah. is what it is.
1: <laughs> that was an incredible quote just by the way
2: wild and you just don't hear it and that's just the difference like between jimmy jimmy's just doesn't have any of these weirdo qualities that Derek carr seems to have
1: jimmy's probably a great hang i think i've had the opposite take of that on this pod before but i think jimmy would be a good hang
2: i've never had anyone tell me who's hung out with jimmy garoppolo say that he's
1: a bad hang that doesn't surprise me at all
2: and these like not even 49ers like other people who have played for other teams have told me that jimmy's a good hang
1: you know so like shout out to jim (laughs) no um okay back to nick bosa real quick yeah two other things one he seems like give it like with health like he's just gonna be that guy that at 35 is just getting you like seven and a half sacks like he's just who's uh who's our uh justin houston like yeah. Justin Houston is just available every June and some teams just like, yeah, let's get Justin Houston in here and he's just going to be good. And I think that's going to be like Nick Bosa, but maybe even a little bit better version of that. He's just going to be in his mid thirties piling up a bunch of sacks. And then the other thing you were talking about his his ability as a run defender. I remember in 2019 that game in Washington that rainy, nasty game. The Niners won 9-0. Nine, Washington ran. I don't remember the specifics of the play, but it was designed to get Nick Bosa like crashing down the line and then running an end around around him. And he gets into the backfield and just stops. And the whether it's running back or receiver just ran into him. And it was a play designed to like take advantage of him being over aggressive and he just made the right play. Couldn't have made more of the right play. Couldn't have diagnosed it better, couldn't have defended it better. And it was like, oh yeah, this guy, this kid's more than just like a, oh, pin ears back, go get QB guy. He's just an all around really excellent defender. You remember That's the same? Saint- why the Kansas City game was so shocking.
2: Yeah, you, you remember the Saints game in twenty nineteen in New Orleans? Obviously, the Super no, high what game. happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the like the game, the the play that changed the momentum in that game was Nick Bosa getting a third down stop. It was a it was a running play. And it was an outside running play. He was being held. He made a tackle for loss and forced the first punt of the game after the Saints had scored four straight touchdowns. Yeah. And it was like, okay, they finally got a stop. And then they didn't. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to match Drew Brees touchdown for touchdown, although he did in that game. But it was like that. That's ultimately like when I think back to that game, obviously the fourth and two to George Kittle and some of the touchdowns. But like the biggest defensive play in that game was was easily Nick Bosa's stop on on third down which he was held and still made a tackle for loss.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's flag like the the flag got thrown for the hold too. It right. wasn't one of those like the, the yeah, that was an I think it was Taysom Hill. Yeah. It was like a third and short. Yeah. yeah. Uh the other didn't he also in that same game have a ridiculous tip on a screen? Like yeah. they were setting up a screen for Alvin Kamara. Yes. And he just mid-pass rush got up in the air and he, Aaron knocked it down. Yeah. Yeah, he's ridiculous, man. His interception against the Panthers that same year is all over as his as a rookie. <laughs> yeah. That interception on Kyle Allen was sick too. What an unbelievable player. Yeah, so I just I know we always talk about Nick Bosa and it's like yeah, Nick is good, but winning two defensive player of the weeks the month after you win defensive player of the month and just continuing to dominate while the main competition for the award, Micah Parsons and that Cowboys defense is cratering like that that just. Yeah. Like I typically don't care that much about person, but it would be a yeah, sham if he doesn't win. it.
2: Yeah. And I'm to the point with him where like going forward, like I, I've kind of already just assumed he's going to win defensive player of the year. Can he now have like a JJ watt type run? Right, where J.J. Watt wins three defensive players of the year in four seasons.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
2: Like, it wouldn't be, if he's playing at this level, not even, you know, he's not even in his prime yet, technically. Does he Nick stays Bosa healthy. have enough
1: charisma to do that? <laughs> I'm not even, like I say. I mean, I, he, I, has,
2: I... he has a brother in the league. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good point. But, no, like, J.J. Watt was always the outward, like, really – philanthropic and you know down. everybody was posting when he kind of half announced his retirement the other day that that video of his press conference when he was at the Texans like people pay their hard-earned money we have the best job in the world if you're not trying then what the hell are you doing here it's like all right man like, he's just Bosa- always been that guy so like in your face like look how great I am and is just like yeah <laughs> Nick Bosa has,
2: I think the charisma level is the same, but their personalities are completely different in that Nick really enjoys not getting any attention for what he says. Like Nick, Nick will say things, but it's very like monotone and quiet. But it's not like he's, Nick Bosa is never going to campaign for anything. And to me, when I think of J.J. Watt and like all the respect in the world, to him for everything he did with the Houston, um, you know, like the hurricane and the flooding and all of that, and all the money he raised, like all that was amazing. But when I think of JJ Watt and his personality, like, let's be real, the guy's been a cornball for a long time. Nick Bosa is very yeah, much not a cornball. You can you can talk about like maybe what he tweeted out when he was in high school and maybe his political affiliations and all that, but in terms of like the way he conducts himself. He's not, like, a corny dude that's, like, begging for attention on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Yes. So maybe maybe that might be, like, in terms of charisma, he might have it, but just exemplify it in a different way. And in a way, I very much would prefer over J.J. Watt, who, you know, we... I think our opinion of JJ Watt <laughs> and, and some of his antics in terms of like social media and persona and all that, like that's, and again, not defending what Nick Bosa had been in previous years on social media by any means, sure. but just they're very different types of personalities.
1: Sure. Yeah. JJ Watt's an interesting cat. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. He gets how to play the game, like the media game, like he very much gets it. And it paid off for him. Put it
2: this way. There have been no. Hall
1: of Fame on the first ballot.
2: There have been no. There have been no viral videos of Nick Bosa on the jugs machine after practice. (laughs) Yeah. Like hard knocks. Like, you know. Performative grinding. There's there hasn't been any performative grinding on the Nick Bosa on the Nick Bosa side.
1: I remember that whole story about how he was how he J.J. Watt was going to go train in a cabin like in the woods and right. he's going to be all secluded. And then it turned out that cabin was like a mansion <laughs> <laughs> that just was styled like a cabin. Oh, it's <laughs> like
2: awesome. a Tahoe vacation rental that's like yeah, $4,000 like, like, a night.
1: Like multiple garages and one right. just for ATVs and shit. Like, cool, right. man. Right. Yeah. I too yeah. would like to go stay in a cabin in the woods and just grind all, all summer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyways.
2: But no, J.J. Watt's first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, unquestionably a remarkable career. Three-time defensive player of the year. Yes. Has has to be respected, but definitely a performative grinder.
1: Yes. And I think he actually grinds, too. He just wanted to make sure that everybody knew about it. Yeah. Remember how he announced he was signing with the Cardinals? God, I don't. What did he do? It was a photo of him lifting weights in a Cardinals shirt. Oh yeah, cool. Like <laughs> awesome, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cardinals legend JJ Watt. Gonna. We should have saved this for next week when the Cardinals visit Levi Stadium. We can. Yeah, we can revisit it. We'll
2: run it back. We'll run it back. No, but um, interesting. I mean, so if you don't have any faith in Josh McDaniels, you would expect the Raiders to just not have any interest in playing hard on Sunday, right?
1: Yeah, this and that's that's kinda somebody somebody smarter than me tweeted this and I think it's great. It says, um where is it? Hang on. I just had it and then I lost it. More or less saying that Derek Carr is Derek Carr, but this is like major scapegoating. Here we go. Derek pa uh Patrick Do- Patrick Doherty. Uh, Derek Carr is Derek Carr but this is the most hysterical scapegoating I've seen from an overwhelmed coach since at least Jeff Fisher and that's what this feels like yeah but also like why
2: does Derek Carr have to leave the building to like avoid being a distraction like you can't just like the
1: reporters aren't talking to him and...
2: but it's not difficult to be in the building and avoid being a distraction
1: he might cry, though.
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously, you can if, if you're Derek Carr, you can just go about your business. You can be in meetings. You can practice. You can take the, the scout team reps. You can lift weights. You don't even have to technically be in the locker room like ball. The media is there. Like the fact like maybe and maybe and again, I don't know who's whose decision it was to not have him in the building. But to not be in the building because you don't want your guy to be a distraction, like, come on, man. That just seems juvenile as hell.
1: And, or maybe a bunch of his teammates went to Josh McDaniels and went, this dude sucks. Get him out of here. Yeah, maybe. And It's just a bad situation be... all around, but, like, did man. You, did, did you see the Raiders injury report today? What was it? Derek Carr was listed as did not participate in practice, not injury-related personal matter. <laughs> the personal matter is that he got Freaking benched, <laughs> yeah, man.
2: That's just it's so weird. Again, like none of this stuff happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. We can be as critical of Jimmy's play as we want, but we cannot be critical of just how he handles himself as a human and teammate and pro. There's no like, oh, Jimmy's feelings are hurt, he's gonna be away from the team to avoid being a distraction. Yeah, that hasn't happened with Jimmy, so anyway, he's a weirdo,
1: Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah. Not Jimmy. Jimmy's a great hang. Allegedly, allegedly, purportedly. Would Jimmy do better in Vegas or New York, just socially? The, he I seems mean, like it, more it, of the doing, New def, York club by, uh, guy.
2: Defied doing better because,
1: I mean, no, we've I just seen mean I just, Jimmy. No, let me. I don't. I, no, I don't mean <laughs> that in any. I mean that as like, what does he give you more of a, I'm going to go out on the town in Vegas vibe, or I'm going to go dress in like a blazer and some jeans, swanky jazz club type of guy. Yes. (laughs) I think he's swanky jazz club guy who vacations in Vegas. I think that's fair. Or like really gets after it and like pops Molly and does Coke in Vegas for a weekend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I am not saying any of that, but
2: I I don't know, man. Like Jimmy kept Jimmy kept company in a we saw what happened when Jimmy got caught with the porn star in LA. <laughs> right. So like I didn't see what happened. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think Jimmy. I think Jimmy would would thrive in either city. I, I think he's probably. To the point in his life where he would enjoy going out in New York more than like living in Vegas. Like, I think Jimmy definitely goes to Vegas or has gone to Vegas and would have fun. But I think he's probably, you know, as an early 30s guy, I've been like, yeah, I could probably find more savory company in New York.
1: Yeah, gonna go be like an investment banker.
2: Like in my mind, Jimmy's graduated from like Tiara Mia and oh. and like whoever else to
1: like stop. <laughs> nope, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Fine. Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams. This is from Tashawn Reed, who covers the Raiders for the Athletic. Devontae Adams, quote, I'm not going to sit here and go on and on, but obviously I support my guy. We got to finish this season out the best way we can possible with all things considered at this point. They're not eliminated from the playoffs. Like they could literally make the playoffs and they're just like, got to finish, got to do whatever we can, I guess. I don't know. All things considered. And by the way, I mean, it's not like the Niners might win by 50 on something.
2: I mean, maybe that, and that's the thing too. Like, maybe Josh McDaniels loves Jared Stidham, but New England could not have done more to not play Jared Stidham.
1: (laughs) It is wild the steps they took to make sure he was not their starting quarterback.
2: Stidham was in 2020, Stidham was like the top guy in the offseason until they decided to sign Cam Newton leading up to training camp. Then Brian Hoyer beat out Jared Stidham. Brian Hoyer beat out Jared Stidham to be the backup there. Then the Patriots draft Mac Jones, and then they draft Bailey Zappi who replace who who jumps Jared Stidham on the depth chart. Like the New England could not have done more to say to the world, we do not want Jared Stidham playing court, quarterback for us in any capacity. They went
1: Kim Newton, I guess. I don't care. yeah, you do it. Brian Hoyer Brian Hoyer on purpose. Intentionally.
2: (laughs) Intentionally gave Brian Hoyer the backup job. I love the
1: idea of accidentally signing Brian Hoyer. Like he just (laughs) pulls up to the building. They're like, oh, crap. (laughs) Brian's here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Bill. (laughs) Bill, it's Steve. Brian's here. We forgot to deactivate his key card. He's in the building. I guess
2: he's got to be the backup.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Jarrett.
2: <laughs> we didn't Jared mean Stidham to, but Jared I guess Jared he's s- better than Jarrett.
1: Jarrett Stidham finally, like, sitting in the A chair in the QB room, in walks Brian Horry's He's like, "God
2: damn it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jarrett um, Stidham."
2: That's a, it's such a weird that. I mean, the, the the more that comes out about this, the weirder it gets. Like Carr leaving the team to avoid
1: being a distraction. We're going to learn at some point here that Derek Carr like dismissed himself.
2: No matter how, no, no matter whose decision that was, it's just immature and juvenile and like ridiculous. Like you can't be in the building because you're a distraction. Like, oh, your gravitational pull is so massive in the locker room that they're going to be unable to function because you're in there. Like, come on, man. It's ridiculous.
1: Fascinating.
2: (laughs) Who knows? Maybe, maybe the Raiders will come out and play with their hairs, their hair on fire, but I wouldn't expect it. Anyway, I can't wait to get the
1: tell all. I can't wait to get the tell all.
2: Yeah. We'll be keeping an eye on it. Should be fun. And there's going to be a lot of 49ers fans there in Vegas. So
1: 60% per our uh, friend Tracy Sandler on Vivid Seats.
2: Vivid Seats said that the Niners fan base has been the best traveling fan base in the NFL this season from a numbers perspective, a number of ticket sales on the road perspective. That tracks. Yeah.
1: I wonder, though, if it's a little bit skewed because if they do it by, like, buyer's area code, there's a lot of Raider fans in this area, too. That's true.
2: That is true. It's a good point. But I don't know. It'll Vegas, be a fun atmosphere I know, I know for sure. people I know some people are going to Vegas for New Year's who are going to go to the game. Not to brag, but I know people.
1: <laughs> Anyways, let's get out of here. We'll have another podcast for you. You're listening to this Thursday. Uh, we'll have another podcast for you on Friday, previewing the 49ers and Raiders game. And hopefully we get more info on this Derek Carr thing, because whatever info that comes out, it's bound to be hilarious.
2: What do you think he's going to do all, Like away from the facility?
1: Go to church, I
2: guess. Chill and hang with his fam. Yeah. Go to church. Read Josh Dubow's tweets while also blocking him.
1: Read Dubow's tweets from his burner. Yeah. And then responding. Right. Making a fake Josh Dubow Twitter account at not Josh Dubow. (laughs) (laughs) The bio is not run by Derek Carr. That'd be a good bit. That would be
2: a really good bit. Like creating a Twitter account made to look like a burner of somebody like Derek Carr would be a funny thing to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a burner
2: of a burner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's get out of here. We're off the road. Okay.
1: Yeah, we are. Thanks everybody for listening. Subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcast, tell your friends to do that as well. We would appreciate it immensely. 49ers Raiders. We'll have that preview for you in the six-pack in our next episode. Shout-out, Cooperidge. Shout-out, Cooperidge. Shout-out,
2: Tyler, for editing. Tyler's from there. We'll talk to you guys
0: later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.